Hello guys and welcome to the latest episode of the Legacy of the Podcast. Uh, with me, Mark Wilson and Mr. Jasmine Swindle. How are we, Jasmine? Good man, good man. So, very good to see you again. Um, it's been a while since we did obviously our first podcast, which I must say is going to go down as probably the most popular podcast we've ever, ever done. It was an absolute mega, mega podcast. We certainly did, we certainly did. Um, so, Everyone knows who, who Jazz is, but I'll uh, give you the rundown just in case you, you know, you've not been on the planet for 10 years and you don't know who he is. Um, so, yeah, Jeff, in fact, introduce, introduce yourself, Jazz. You've been a member of MSC, obviously, for a long time now. Yeah. Uh, give the guys a bit of a, bit, a, bit of a sort of a, you know, recap of your achievements. Yeah, so achievements. Uh, weightlifter representing uh, MSC performance. I've been lifting for 17 years now, which always surprises people. Every time like, I, I tell people, uh, they'll always get a funny reaction. I know that's, that's why it's a fine people, so yeah. But despite uh, how I know I'm 29 years old, uh, but I've been living since I was 12 years old, yeah, 17 years of competing. Training wise, I've been training like since I was born, I think. But 12, 12 was like uh, that's when I had my first competition, so oh. 17 years of competitive weightlifting. Uh, in that time, I've won uh, the English Championships a few times, uh, the British Championships a few times. And I'm competing in my second Commonwealth Games in about five weeks home. Amazing, amazing. I was getting well, the first question I want to ask is how's the preparation for the Commonwealth Games go? But whilst you've just kind of given us that little uh, little recap of your weightlifting career, I have to ask when you were when you were twelve years old when yeah. you did your first competition, what did you weigh? Yeah. And what, <laughs> and what, were, and what were your numbers? What did I, you weigh? I weighed thirty kilograms. Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> I weighed thirty kilograms. Uh, and that's 25 kilograms, uh, 35. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't actually pretty good. Cool, but when you put the body weight into it, yeah. but uh, not strong enough, but that same, that same weight. Yeah. <laughs> how, did you, how did you get into weight? We, we, that was in the first yeah. podcast, obviously, that was a long time ago. Um, what kind of got you into the sport? My, my dad was really into sports. Uh, so he, he tried to, you know, he tried to do weightlifting for a little bit. Uh, general bodybuilding type of training, uh, but he was just really into strength sports and it's something he wanted to cultivate, uh, it might be in my brothers and sisters. So just growing up, like, I always had that role model um, that I was always influenced by, like, someone who really valued, like, being strong, yeah. uh, someone who really valued physical education, and, you know, I literally did some stuff, things like that, I was always messing about, like, tiny bells and, Crazy. like, doing bodyweight stuff, yeah. and then, uh, I think, I think I must have been about, I reckon 10 or 11 when I actually started learning how to how to lift weights. I've still got my first bar. And, really? uh, I'll show you a picture of it after this. Uh, it's, it's like really bent and I've got the nail varnish marks like I've painted on for my grip. And, oh, and, really? And, and, yeah, and, right. and it's all still there. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so that, I'm, I'm, I must have been training on that bar when I was like 10, 10 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just my, my, my dad's influence. That's the like, great that I had. Uh, obviously, he was quite into different strength sports. Did you ever try any different things, or was it like was weightlifting the one thing you remember? You sort of got hold of the bar, you started doing some of that stuff, and that, and that was it. Like, did, was he was he into strongman stuff? Was he into like powerlifting or anything else, or was it like maybe weightlifting? Uh, so my dad was into I don't know, a general strength training. General, but, right, yeah. But I think the thing, yeah. But I think the thing he was most passionate about mm-hmm. as a sport was weightlifting. Yeah. I think he had, he, had, he had the idea that he wanted to put one of his kids into the sport of weightlifting. That was the thing that he was most most passionate about. Yeah. But, uh, he spent most of his time doing a general strength training, but that was very passionate, and that's what he wanted to to be a weightlifter. And I always had that. Like I was never doing it, even when I was that young. Uh, it was always with the goal of being competitive, yeah. uh, and it was always with the goal of being disciplined and serious about it, even from that, from that young age. So I always had that, that, that vision and that discipline. It's a hard way to think, isn't it? Like, in terms of if you look at it, uh, to the average person, it might just look like, you know, you're away from the floor, but you know, if you have uh, anyone who knows anything about where you think of how technical the sport is, and like the discipline, the massive factor of it, isn't it? In terms of, you know, that, uh, the discipline to, to be consistent, to work on, the weaknesses, get the positioning right, do the drills. 
is a you know is a, is a massive plus part of it. It's always come quite naturally to you because of the love of the sport and because you want to take it seriously from a young age. Yeah, yeah, it's something that has uh, always been there for me, even when I was young. And again, it's probably my dad's influence, uh, but it's something that um, that also just being very conscious that it's important to develop. Uh, I think especially it's really important for athletes, especially when if there's in the UK who have to like work uh, along uh, alongside training. Yeah. Because uh, you know, you know, when you finish work, you're not always going to feel like training. I probably feel like training probably one or two days a week. Especially <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if I just train when I felt like I probably train once or twice a week, like if I just train when I felt like it. Uh, so it's like discipline, just you know, kind of exactly like just have to touch yourself from how you're feeling because when you know when i finish work i don't want to train but when i get in the gym i would glad that glad that i did i've never like, ever ever re regretted coming to the gym regardless of how i felt beforehand so it's always just kind of like dismissing that sh short-term feeling of not feeling like training yeah. uh and overriding that with like your uh, your, your long-term goals, sure. you know, I think that's where an example of how different things uh, like manifest in. Yeah. I think that's really key, like, in terms of general, general sort of, uh, you know, trainers, if you want to live for a bit of fun or to get in better shape, is, you know, not always going to feel like, you know, people say to me, like, how do you show motivated, how do you show, like, yeah. on it all the time? It's like, um, yeah. <laughs> I can't say that I'm Actually, buzzing for every session. Like obviously, I am a lot of the time, um, but sometimes I'm not yeah. at all. But similar to yourself, I've never walked away from a session thinking, "Oh, I wish I didn't bother." Yeah, that was a waste of time. You always, you know, it's always progress. It's always stimulus. It's always adaptation. It's always taking like some learnings from it. Even the bad sessions that maybe don't go quite so well, especially with the limited lifting. Obviously, yeah. we can have sessions where you're missing lifts and things like that. But you know, you still take away. The learnings from it and uh you know and develop so yeah like always always encourage people of like try and get that mindset of like right you know it's part of your routine get in get it done because when you walk away from the gym you're never going to be disappointed that you yeah. turned up and got a job yeah. done i don't think i've had one session no never. yeah, <laughs> so, like, so, years, yeah. Years, i really shouldn't have come into it yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it's interesting that's kind of good to have in the back of your mind but, of my focus is on strength work uh, so I've made some significant improvements in both of those areas uh, I had a training camp uh, that finished yesterday and we did some strength retesting and it showed that I've made improvements very significant improvements in those areas we did some, some force chase stuff uh, nice. so I jump testing like uh, a propulsive force and I made good progress there. so it's nice to have that affirmation yeah, awesome. yeah. at the same time though it's been very hard to earn this block this is like my third training cycle since coming back from injury yes. and the last two training the first the first two training cycles everything kind of uh not getting easy but everything felt like uh it fell into place and everything felt like everything felt like uh everything felt like it was all going the right way it's all going to plan but this is just not been different like i've made good progress but it's been very hard and okay. there's been a lot, a lot of challenges uh, that i've had to like overcome and adapt my training because of uh, but i feel like i've been really good in that regard and that's why i've still been able to make good progress uh, in spite of those challenges well that's a nice nice feeling to know that Okay, the strengths are stronger than you've ever been. You know, yeah. you know the, the you know the test, everything you know is uh, is going in the right direction. So happy days, yeah. Um, you know, have you got specific you know goals for this competition? Obviously, it's not the first you know time you've obviously done the Commonwealth Games, but like you know, is there a specific goal or is that sort of something you're keeping yourself? Or? Yeah, I mean, I have. I have uh... Some very some vague numbers in mind, but I find like the longer I do make it for the less specific my goals become. I think what motivates me is just uh, getting stronger and just seeing how good I can get. 
so that's been my focus in training like so for the products that I have uh, about 10 11 weeks after the trials so my goal was just to see how good can I get in 10 or 11 weeks and when it comes to competition time it's just about then when I go to the comments okay now I'm just going to express the improvements that I've made yeah just execute on the day yeah, yeah. so that's something I wouldn't say it's a very common approach, but the longer I've been looking for, the, the less I start to define success by like a number or a result or a title. And it's more just about my personal journey of making improvements in my technique, making improvements in my character, my mentality, and just being stronger. And that's kind of where my focus is. So it's more about, you know, how strong can I get? How good can I get? And when it comes to competition, it's about how much of that can I express? But my goal for the, like right now is to just see how good I can get and my goal for the competition is just feel as if I've shown who I am and to feel as if I've done my training justice. Amazing. That's, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant approach. Like you say, maybe not a massively common one because I think a lot of people, not just in weightlifting, but when they're retesting in the gym or they're going to play, you know, a different sport or anything, they've got, you know, a, a specific you know, um, not that they have to hear or they have to win a particular game yeah. or something like that. I think that's a really interesting approach of I'm just trying to better myself than who I was yesterday, yeah. essentially, uh, not comparing myself against anyone anyone else. Yeah. Especially in a sport like weightlifting where people are, you know, it, you know, it is the numbers, isn't it? You know, it's, it's down to the numbers you're lifting on the, on the day. It must be easy to get yourself caught up on, like, who, you know, what's this person doing? What's that person, yeah. uh, you know, lifting? But... but at the same time, ultimately, you can only focus on, on yourself, can't you? Hundred percent. And you can't control what that other person's gonna gonna live. Yeah. Um, I did an interview a couple of people and they're asking me about my goals for the Commonwealth yeah. Games, and I gave a similar answer. I could tell they were getting frustrated. Yeah. It doesn't make a good headline. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Jazz going for you know the one fifty five. Yeah. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah. I could I could tell they were getting frustrated by my final answer. <laughs> You know, it doesn't make a good headline. It's that you know sure. they want to yeah. they want to know that I'm thinking about a goal medal. Yeah, I'm thinking about this yeah. result, this number. But the longer I lift for, the more I've adapted a more values based approach to my goals and my purpose, uh, rather than like a number or uh, a result. And I think like for for example, uh, the, the Commonwealth Games trials was. Really important. I was very motivated, but it was almost arbitrary because the reason I was so motivated and the reason the challenge it meant so much to me because the challenge was so great. So that result of winning the Commonwealth Games trial, it wasn't about oh yes, I'm number one ranked lifter. Now, you know, oh yes, I'm, uh, I'm going to qualify for the Commonwealth Games. It was more that this is a huge challenge because I spent a lot of time uh, in, in, in injury and I only had five months to, to qualify for the Commonwealth Games so that's what excited me the, the goal was almost arbitrary it was the challenge of how you know can I do this in five months can I go from missing a year of injury to being the number one ranked weight in five months in England it was more like that challenge really excited me and that's why the trials meant so much but for me it's always about uh, the challenge of getting better that I can tell. It's almost arbitrary for me. It's just brilliant for that context. I say the injury had, and then you know, coming back from that, you have that time frame of working towards that goal, but just focusing on the micro, just getting, you know, getting, you know, focusing on yourself, getting a little bit better. last time in terms of the way you approach training and competition i think you really focus on controlling the controllables you know things that things that are within your your grasp that you can control you know the discipline to come to the session uh, you know the setting your targets of you know the, those those training targets and kind of i think we can all get lost in the, the bigger picture of right i'm going to go for that gold medal you know you know, we're going to win the league this season. Like, there's a lot of variables there that, you know, could come into play. And I think, you know, almost those kind of goals could become a bit overwhelming as well. Yeah. Whereas if you're focused on like, what can I control? What can I do each day to make myself a bit better? Um, then I think that's, 
just a different approach. Yeah. Oh, I remember when we were doing that, I think I had a meeting, it was almost like uh, walking with a tightrope, and then yeah. you start trying to get to the other side. Like, if you're just thinking about getting to the other side and making it, you probably won't do well. But if you just focus on like, making one good step at a time, you know, you've probably got a better chance. I think that's yeah. how I, that's yeah. what I focus. Uh, at my training so you know i've got that goal of getting to the end of like the metaphorical tightrope uh but once i've established that goal it's more about uh, having one good day at a time yeah yeah cool to see. i think um, the interesting thing about that is i put like the sort of second and i put character first but i think i have better i would i have better results than if i if i did it the other way around if i put results first and if i put character second i think i would have worse results mm. so it's like a paradoxical relationship yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's something I think it's something that people can take into their life as well. You know, uh, even outside of the sporting context, having these, you know, long term goals, you know, whether it's work, whether it's like, you know, buying a house or a car or anything like that that might seem a little bit out of reach at the moment. Yeah. But just, you know, focusing on those little things, you know, trying to make a relationship better, for example, of like, okay, we've got maybe that end goal of roughly what we'd like it to be. Um, but you know, let's pull it into the short term and let's try and do like let's try and have the discipline to do like the day-to-day things yeah. well. And then, you know, there's uh, a book I read uh, by uh, Bill Walsh, who's a, um, like one of the greatest like NFL coaches ever. And the book's called The School Takes Care of Itself. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, very much about like just meticulous like preparation yeah. of just doing like what you could control as best as you possibly can and like the analogy you've just used at the time where just focusing on that one step at a time yeah. you know to work towards the, the the bigger picture and then he's sort of saying if he if he prepares his best his team as best as he possibly can then that result is gonna you know on the pitch you know he, he's gonna sit back and just watch his team because everything's been done in the prep and it's for you it's just okay it's different this is an individual sport but it's the same in a way as well where you've done all the prep and training and it's just a case of like right i'm just going to go out and just just uh basically implement that you know what, what i've done as well is because you're you're foregrounding like effort over results so like you, you're you not like you're not what you want to be you're not what you say you are you are the thing you do so i think that that the reason that could work so well is because you're foregrounding action and it's, it's, the, it's the accumulation of those, those actions that uh, amount to like, the results. So, you know, I'm a big believer in, you know, setting the goals, but then focusing on, focusing on the effort uh, over, yeah. over the results. Because yeah. the result is just an expression of the things you've done in training. So yeah. I think that's where your focus should be once you've set your goals. I agree, yeah. Goal, yeah, goal, like, it's good to have a, a rough kind of goal of where you want to be. Like people say to me, oh, where do you want the business to be in like three or five years' time? It's like, okay i've got an idea i've got like a vague idea but a lot could change in that time yeah um but also like whatever that goal is it's you know that that's kind of vague and it's in the back of my mind and then it's like actually what can we do you know quarterly to make that better and then even shorter than that what can we do week to week day to day what can we do today that's better than what we did yesterday yeah um and i think if you do it that and you know, you're making yourself a little bit better each day then you know, the progress is inevitable really yeah. it's gonna come isn't it yeah no matter how how bad you want something if you haven't put the things in place like those mm-hmm. building blocks it's not going to happen uh and one way i incorporated that mentality in my my training is like journaling just one like oh right so, so i think that's a practical way to incorporate that, that mentality so yeah. one prompt that i have is um, how can i win today well, how can I how can I be like my goal made on self today? And I would list I would list those things. I think the reason that's powerful is because uh, like you said, you're you're controlling the controllables and you're just focusing on getting the best out of yourself each day. And at the end of the day, it's, it's just simple. Have I done the things I've said I was gonna do? And then it really makes clear uh, your effort and it really makes clear uh, your intentions and whether you're doing uh, the things that you should be doing. I think that 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 clarity of purpose and that that clear those clear actionable uh, steps uh, are really really important. So rather than thinking how do I do this conference that I have done today, what are the things that I need to do, and then at the end of the day, have I done those things? And then maybe like weekly, uh, I would think about 
uh, if you know if I was starting to tick those boxes, you know, other things that I'm not doing that I could be adding on to that. Uh, so having those prompts has been really helpful for me just to make sure I'm getting uh, the most out of myself each day. Because if I if I if I discern these actionable steps and at the end of the day I've done half of them, I can't be surprised if I don't get the result that, that I want. Like your actions and your effort have to equate to the goals. I think uh, using those prompts uh, is a really good way to make to make that clear, you know, mm-hmm. and to make that transparent. You know, are your is your effort actually aligning to what you want to achieve? That's something that's really helpful. And I think could work in a, in a variety of contexts. Uh, are you doing that sort of like overall life, or is that just a training? Like, is that specifically training where you say, right, this is what I could have done better. I could have prepped. I could have cut you know, my food better, or yeah. I could have done this or that you know or is that like do you think that as an overall self-development uh, I mean, overall so not, not just training so it could be like nutrition sleep lifestyle because it all rolls back in doesn't it that's the thing yeah. i think like it's um i think i'm really really interested in self-development we try to work on it for a few years and i think the the, the, the sport and the, the job and the home life and everything you know although they're separate entities it's like help each other yeah like if you're like if, if your goals this year you know obviously very you know properly the big goal is the sporting goal yeah. you know is the commonwealth games but it's like right if i can do things well at work if i can sleep well if i can you know um, see the family you know and, and make the effort with family and friends and better myself in those areas potentially and things like that you know, you know, you have the outside. People say if you have the outside, the sport as well. Yeah. You know, that's going to roll into the the sport, make things a lot lot easier. If you can better yourself at work, at home, you know, discipline through your whole life, that can fit into the sport. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, why I used at the start of this chat is that this, this block has been challenging, and you know, things haven't just been falling into place. And, and adapting, changing, and it was because of like the influence of external stresses and personal life stress and work stress uh, and balancing that. So you know, I've had to fight for, like the the progress I've made. So you know, those things are like so dependent on each other, and you can't just ignore, can't just ignore that that side of things. You've got to set goals and make sure you you do your uh, doing actionable things to improve in those areas. So possibly improve your sport as well. Yeah, like uh, like uh, much lower, lower level than what we're talking about, you know, today's sporting wise. But if we, you know, if we have our clients come down here and you know they've got, you know, they've got a, a job which is maybe you know, pretty stressful, it's a pretty high end job, um, and they want to get into training, but they're struggling to find consistency and things like that. It's amazing how many times over the years I've found that by getting them into the gym, into their exercise. And being consistent with them uh, and, and building the discipline in that to make it a part of their, yeah. their life. How much better they've told me they've gone at work mm-hmm. as well. Um, and you know, and, and also working with athletes, vice versa, like getting their own life sorted out a bit, getting the work sorted, good discipline and things like that. Like, you know, you've got you guys who you know, on a different spectrum to what you're trying to achieve, but maybe they want to work out twice a week and you know, we've set them a goal to get you know 10,000 steps a day or 6,000 steps a day. And just by starting to get those things into their life, they're feeling a lot better, they're feeling a lot healthier. And although that's not a direct, um, you know, you might not think it's a direct correlation with like standards of work, for example, and business, like it, it is, like because that person's. They're not healthier, they're feeling better about themselves, they're more self confident, and then you know, obviously, that doesn't just switch off when you get into the workplace. That's now who you are and how you've developed, and then that comes into that side of things. So, I think having that overall approach is really the journey is an interesting one. Yeah, it's something I know a few people are doing. And uh, how long long have you been sort of doing that? Is that every night? Then you sort of write a few notes, yeah, yeah, every every, morning I set up actionable steps. Uh, and sometimes they're exactly the same day today, but that's okay because not everything has to change. Yeah, you know, and you shouldn't feel like you have to change things every day because some, you know, results sometimes you're just doing the same thing since you over again. Which is a win. You know, the average person might have 10,000 steps a day. That might just be the same goal for 
five days in a row, and if they've got five days in that row, less than half of that. Yeah. That's a win, isn't it? And I think the reason that journaling works so well is because it's solution based uh, rather than just uh, problem based. So, for example, one, one issue that I was having. Uh, so I, I train six to nine. I get home. Uh, I get home at about half four. So to get to the gym, so to, to get to the gym at six, I can be at half five. And one issue that I was having is I just I want I didn't want to go eat, go straight to work. So I would always seem to I would be late to gym or not. It's just it's a simple thing, but I would get late to gym or like get up seven. I have to rush my session. I don't know, I was sleep late, I think that's gonna affect my work. So that was a problem. Uh, but I think just identifying problems and knowing that you need to improve it isn't always helpful. Uh, it's just the first step. Um, I think it was important is to be more solution-based and journaling help you do that. So, you know, that was a problem, uh, but what's my actionable step? So it, it goes back to that prompt of what would my gold medal self do? Like, what would my highest self do in this situation? And for me, it was, uh, and, you know, making sure I get to the gym on time, making sure uh, I don't, sometimes I would come up from work and just have a nap because I was so tired. And so it would just be eradicate, and eradicating that, uh, making sure um, my my work is finished in work, whenever I have like a PPA time at work, making sure I use it properly so that when the day ends at work, I can just leave. So, you know, because I had that, those actionable steps discerned, I was able to, you know, develop a solution. I think that solution-based problem is uh, so solution-based approach is, is yeah, really so, helpful, yeah, so rather yeah. than just beating yourself beating yourself up over. So you know, just knowing that I need to get the training earlier, but feeling like crap when I come back from work, and then forcing myself to do it. You know, it, it could work, but it's just very negative. So okay, what would my best self do in this situation? Okay, you would make sure you finish work at work. You know, you, you wouldn't succumb to the temptation of a nap after work. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of yeah. real life stuff. You know, uh, so just you know, those, that, that that prompt would be helpful. What would your goal medal self do? You know, then you'll get your you know, you've got your goal medal results. Hopefully. Yeah, it's well, like, yeah, you don't you don't want to be freaking out. That word given to the gym with you, there's got to be that separation. Yeah. Right, as soon as I walk out that door, work's done. Mm -hmm. Now it's like a mini bit of time where maybe it's just crap. Exactly. And then it's for execution. Yeah. yeah. But that's how I see. But again, you know, and then identifying those solutions. What would my best self How's How is he going to solve this problem? So it's not just about, okay, that's a problem I need earlier. It just meant that. Need to discern those steps. It's not really enough, it's not solutions. Yeah. It's like, well, yes, yeah, so it might say it's got a negative way of being yourself up, but like, oh, I should be coming earlier, where it actually is like, well, what? Yeah, how am I going to do that? How, how am I going to do that? I think that's why journaling is so helpful because it forces yourself to be a bit more creative and forces you to be solution based with the right prompts. I think that's a good prompt to use. The next morning, do you <clears throat> do you be back at those ones from last night that you wrote? And then you write the, the, the sort of goals for the day. Yeah, so normally at the end of the day, Actions, yeah. Like so, what about, so at the end of the day, it's just how I done, have I done uh, what I said I was going to do? Okay, yeah, see so you look at the AM and then when you didn't, you know, when, when you haven't ticked those boxes, you can't be surprised about the results that you've got. Yeah, you've got no one to blame. Yeah. 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 I think that's why it's helpful because it makes it makes your effort really yeah. transparent and it forces you to be really honest with yourself. But sometimes it can be training hard, and I've been guilty of this, you know, in the gym, but your behaviour is outside the gym, uh, your lifestyle, uh, those might not be in place, uh, but this forces you to be really, really accountable. Yeah. competition or to open a business or whatever it is 
and there's no doubt that it's not going to be perfect on yeah. the way. Like it's not yeah. going to be. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be mistakes and everything like that. But I am a believer that like if you keep the work in, yeah. um, and alongside that, not just putting the work in, but actually having the self awareness to reflect. Like you're saying on the on the on the journaling, where end of the day you're reflecting, and then you're coming up with the solutions, and then you're setting the goals. Mm-hmm. Almost like that kind of three way process. And I feel like as long as you're if you're doing that and you're working hard, like it will it will come. You know what I mean? It's like you you know because if I, if I look at um, for example like this business, like it's probably been built on. And got to where it is now, like mistake after mistake, yeah. <laughs> which sounds terrible. But like it's literally just like making mistakes, but then having the self awareness and I guess the the kind of um, dignity and like humbleness to be like right, like yeah, I, I messed that up. Like, mm-hmm. I could be doing like you refer to like what you what your gold standard self do, and I you know would look and be like. Right, okay, yeah, we could have done this a lot better today. I could have done that a lot better. And then it's having, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I was ever in a, I've had the awareness to like write them down, correct it, but I was had that always, mentality. I had that mentality of like, yeah, let's try and you know, done that a little, little bit better. And I think like you make a mistake and then you throw your arms up in the air and mm-hmm. just leave it, then it's never going to get better. Whereas if you make a mistake, then those are the best things to, to learn from and, and, and to move forward as long as you've got the awareness to identify it and then come up with a solution to, to make it better. I think there's this everyone has heard the thing that you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. But it's not not an inherently true, like it's, it's just how you react to that mistake. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you yeah. know, are you actually being introspective and are you actually like drawing the lessons from it? So, you know, then in that case, you know, it, it can provide you with like the little factors from there. So, obviously, representing England, Commonwealth Games, major, major competition, Birmingham as well, it's just unbelievable for yourself, I'd imagine. Not your first time representing England, obviously, but how, how, does it, how does it feel to represent your country? And like, do you still get the the, the same buzz now as you did when you first first yeah, it feels very special especially at this point in my career where I'm kind of in my you know I think then this point in the next maybe four five years I find that my prime years to be able to gather home games my prime years is really special and for me the most important thing when it comes to competing is it's competing with integrity and showing like my character because when I think about my favorite competition experiences but it's when I have to show something when I've had to like dig deep and show my character, so to be able to like have the opportunity to like showcase who I am at a home games, uh, representing England, just makes it special. The best moment of live sport I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was, uh, it, I've been very fortunate, like growing up, you know, um, massive rugby fan, massive football fan, cricket, and you know, I've seen a lot of live sport, you know, over over the years. But like in terms of, um, in terms of seeing someone who like dig deep and like to the you know absolute like depths of the soul of like what is possible yeah. <laughs> that was insane that was absolutely absolutely madness. um yeah what well, i'm trying try to remember the exact thing was it 148 that last clean yeah, it was one, 130 to 148 oh, yeah okay. I was 14 do, do you want to just quickly i know you're not getting <laughs> yourself up but like just for a couple of minutes just the guys through that because I was I was telling yeah. Kitty about this the other day and it blew her mind. I just remember being there. It was like it was insane. Yeah, I was seventeen years behind that snatch. Uh, yeah, I was seventeen years behind that snatch, and then I opened one thirty, and then my competitor, Ed Cruz, arrived and beat the base. 
if it didn't go my way, go my way, you know, if I didn't qualify, if someone else beat me, which again, you can't control what someone else lives, I'll be like really proud of like the person I've come through this like through this journey. I think that's because of that that mindset that I have where the number one priority is who am I and then the number two priority, which is still very important to me, is the result. Especially here as well, because there's a lot of good. There's a lot of strong people, and you can you, know, you can look at others and be sort of thinking, "Oh God, that's a bit, that's a bit scary." But like, if you focus on what you can do and yeah. making yourself a little bit better, like that's you know that's that's all you can, yeah. all you can ask for. Like what if they think I'm picking up a piece of metal and lifting it over my head? Like that's not who I am. It's the person I'm becoming through, through my sport. Uh, the sport is arbitrary, uh, arbitrary in a way. But if I had a button and I could press it to change up to 100 kilograms, like I wouldn't do it, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah. Because it's about who I am, and I, you know, you, you get become that person through, through the journey of trying to achieve that. In my opinion, that, that arbitrary goal of how much time is. It's not that important. Like. So you know, if we go back to 2019, yeah. like the, the the challenge of stepping out to you know doing what you said you were going to do. And, and, and taking it on was more important than the, the actual piece, yeah. piece of gold. Yeah, it didn't care to me, like, respectfully, like, it didn't, I didn't care about winning, it didn't mean that much to me doing a British Championship. Uh, it was important, but for me, it was like, like, who am I? And I knew that, like, being the kind of person that can, can take that jump and come back from a 70 kilo deficit, like, that's the kind of, that's who I want to be. And that's why it was so special to me. I mean, it's the same with qualifying for these games. You know, I, I you know, it's important a couple of games, but, you know, representing England is great. But can I, like, can I go from an empty bar to being the number one ranked lifter in England in five months? And that meant so much, so much more to me. What well, brilliant positions to be in there where, like, you've, you've already achieved, like, the Commonwealth Games hasn't even started yet, mm-hmm. and you've already achieved so much and something that you can get so much out of yeah um with that such a, a difficult process of i don't know i just found that really interesting how you were like so right if you were if you were to look at that as like a bigger picture of i've got five months to pick up like to go from empty bar to number one lifter yeah. like it's um it's, it's, a, it's a lot to take in but just kind of like shorting those steps down and, you know i think yeah that's yeah, that's pretty, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, so, obviously, home games, uh, you've already alluded to it a little bit in terms of how, how special that is. Like, to have your, you know, friends and family that are going to be there. I think half of them are seeing yeah. you know, going to be down there. Is it? Uh, I think there's a lot of people who have got tickets for it. Uh, we all backed you. We all went yeah, down below. I appreciate we you were reminding me. You were reminding me. You're not depressed. He's like, you better qualify. I'm gonna sell you tickets. Yeah, we're all actually buzzing for it. Like, what does that? What does that mean to you in terms of like friends, family, home games? Like, yeah, I don't just to get to show who I am in that scenario. Like, means a lot to me. With people close to me in the gym, family, friends. Not quite like romantic as goalposts, but like yeah. <laughs> it's still nice, right? Yeah, in a different way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's special. It's going to be great. Okay, like, I mean, I have my last question down is uh, you know, any sort of mental, uh, because, because I think you're such a, a great competitor. Um, Physically, yes, obviously, but mentally is where I've always found you very fascinating. Um, are there any tips for 
you know, anyone who might be looking to compete in something, whether that's weightlifting, powerlifting, rugby, uh, football, you know, uh, attempting a one rep max, anything like that. I, I'm aware we've probably yeah. covered an absolute shed, shed load already. So, but is there anything, anything else that sort of comes to comes to mind, really? I think there's definitely some principles that people can incorporate in training uh, to help them be good competitors. And something that I've always done, but because I've lived it for so long, I'm starting to see in other people uh, the habits that create success, habits that create habits that create good competitors, and habits that create poor competitors. Because I've been living for so long, I've started to see that. I think, think yeah, yeah, exactly. And one of those principles is that you should never complain. Like about anything. Uh, so, for example, in weightlifting, uh, you see, I've trained with a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people train. And for example, like someone walks in front of you, you know, uh, some you got a crappy bar, you, you don't have great traits, uh, you're two or three on a platform. Like, I've, I've, I've noticed the correlation, like the kind of people that I think, as a rule, as a principle, if you can get to the point, where you don't complain about anything, you bite your tongue and you just get on with what you do, despite any experience or any challenge that, that, that really cultivates a good competitor. And I see it in a way of just like people complaining about someone walking close to them, someone being in front of them. Walking in front of the camera. Walking in front of their camera. Uh, so that's one really simple principle that I have. It's just don't complain about anything, like bite your tongue. Like if you were the kind of person that is bothered by that, if you get the kind of person that is bothered by someone walking in front of you, and if you get the kind of person that will never complain about that, that like who's going to be the better competitor when it comes to performing in an environment uh, that you can't control where there are going to be external factors bothering you. So I think that's a really simple principle that I think anyone, no matter what sport or has in should uh, Start to incorporate your tongue whenever you see that little thing by the book. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to pass on to the rugby. Yeah. It could be about pitch conditions or it could be about like the referee or anything like this. And it's like, you're absolutely right. It's, it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. It doesn't get you anywhere. If you can look, get yourself to the point where it, it doesn't matter, uh, you know, you're going to be a good performer. It just, it's, it's, it's that simple. Um, nothing can put you off. Yeah, sometimes I seek the crap platform. Really? Sometimes, sometimes I kick the smooth bar. Yeah. Like, you know, just. In, in conversation, you, you don't control. Something uh, before you're standing up. Exactly. You don't control uh, the situation. You don't control the scenario. You don't control the state of the bar. You get a new bar, but sometimes, you know, it might be smooth. Uh, sometimes the platform. Might be uneven. Yeah. Some of the platform could be broken. You know, and in competition, even like uh, preparing for the worst is another principle. So uh, that, that that I think is really important. So one principle is don't complain. Another principle to be is to prepare for the worst. Uh, so, so for example, I'm comfortable taking. I've I've got into the habit of taking big jumps. I thought it was fun. Like, I, 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 and I just thought, and anything you yeah. think by the way, if anyone's listening, they're not, they're not really understand what you're doing. Anything you like, jump is like normal. It's not what you do. I remember that's that's something I took, I took up as a challenge when I was younger. And there was one time where, like, 18 jump was big, but the reason I did it so well is because I prepared for the worst. In training, I once set myself a target to clean up my personal best to three temps. Just for the challenge, and I did bar. What did I do? I did bar, and I did 70, 100, 140. So I did hit a personal best of the 40 kilogram jump. <laughs> so it, it's not an accident that I can do this. Yeah, in, yeah. No, yeah, in, yeah, it wasn't so long. In competition. That, that, that day 2019, where yeah. it's like, I can do this because I've, I've done it. I've made myself uncomfortable before. Exactly. So that's another important principle is prepare for the worst. Yeah. You know, put yourself in those uncomfortable after that competition, uh, what I realised is that I started getting comfortable taking big jumps and I've been training a lot. I, think, I remember at one competition, uh, I, mean, I struggled in my clean jerks because I had to take three steps quite close to each other. Uh, then after that, I started taking smaller jumps in training. At, at the top end, 
because that's what I started to find uncomfortable, you know, doing three heavy clean jerks. If I take big jumps, I'm only doing one or two heavy clean jerks. But if I'm taking smaller jumps, I'm, I'm having to take three. And I started to find that difficult mm. because I got so comfortable doing that. And I just, I just found it fun, to be honest. So, so, so one thing I started doing is just taking really small jumps in training. So, you know, if I, uh, if, if I was to clean jerk 140, what I would normally do, to be honest, is 100, 130, 130, 140. That's like what I would comfortably do. But then I started to think, you know, what can catch me out in comp? What if I had to do 35, 38, 40? In my opinion, that's more, but for me, that's more difficult than taking the bigger jumps. So I started doing that in training. Yeah. Uh, so, so I think, you know, preparing for the worst, doing the things that, um, you know, not comfortable doing, that's another important principle to being a good a good competitor. Uh, another example, uh, I bombed out for the first time after 15 years of weightlifting uh, in 20, I think it was the championships. And uh, there was, <laughs> there's two competitive there's supposed to be about five people lifting on weight class, a few people pulled out and it was two. And then the first lifter what happened? I think he found that in snatch. But then I was the only one left. <laughs> and then so I had no time to warm up. Uh, I literally had I come off I did my last snatch and I had to go straight to my team jerks. And then but then that threw me. And I, for, for, the, for the first time in my 15 years of editing, I bombed out. And then, so what I took from that uh, was I, put, I started to put myself in that position uh, in training, uh, you know, having to snatch, having to clean jerk, you know, with, 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 with no break, I'm giving myself only 10 minutes to, you know, reach my top end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's a really important principle uh, to seek the things that make you uncomfortable. Uh, and then they're less likely to threaten you. Uh, That's again, in the competition. Arguably, yeah. arguably, you made a mistake there. Yeah, yeah. Um, albeit, <laughs> 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 a very rare circumstance. But you correctly, you know, you you corrected that by, you know, what's the solution? I'm going to train to make sure that if that ever happens again, exactly. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. When being training, I would just give myself ten, you know, ten minutes uh, just. To, Get to, get to my top end race or I, I put myself in that exact same position I was at that time and then you know and I have to be successful in my clean jet competitions and on behalf of everyone at MSC performance you know we're all behind you, mate. We're all wishing you the absolute best for the Commonwealths. You've already achieved so much anyway. And it's just gonna be great to see you on the on the dance floor doing your thing. And uh, you know, we'll be we'll be there too in your the support from you guys. Mate, thanks very much. And cheers for the podcast and uh, no doubt we'll catch up again. Oh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>